There is no decision that we can make that doesn't come with some sort of balance or sacrifice. Simon Sinek. Bending Not Breaking, Episode 20, The Siege of the North, Part 2. Oh my goodness, it's we're the back. last one. It's the season finale. Finale. This is the finale. Finale. 20 episodes That's right. of our uh, blood, sweat, and tears. This it hasn't been that hard. It's yeah. been time consuming. It's a lot of time. Um, and it's been good conversations. Sometimes. Um, but here's here's the kicker is that this is, we're only a sixth of the way through. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> oh, no. There's at least uh, five more seasons of this if y'all go to our Patreon um, and help support us. Because that just, it helps us do these things. Now, that's and assuming so, this is all finished by the time the live action comes yeah, out. Yeah, and then, and then Netflix is coming out with a live action at some point, And at that point, we might have to pause our initial arc and and my guess is it's going to be pretty close shot for shot remake really i would guess that it's going to be pretty similar but i don't know we'll see and so we might not have that much content to talk about in the netflix netflix one it just might be a uh, a moment of watching it and being like this is what i liked and didn't like yeah. but we're not there yet we got a long ways to go we got to get to episode 20 the siege of the north part two because we promised that we would have this um to listen to after the Siege of the North yeah, but, part But before one. we get there, the finale also requires we have a finale. Yes. What is your final word in your descending word recap? This is the descending word. This is the final word. This is the final episode. You have one word to encapsulate everything that happens. Are you ready? No, because this might, it's, a, it's like a, uh, it's, a, it's almost like a made up word. That's cheating. Yeah, well, you know what? I got one word, so, you know. Doing the best I can. Ready? Are you? Trying to. Okay. Megacoy! Megacoy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my one word recap okay of this all right what else would you possibly I, have put there i don't know i think we probably peaked the levels on that a little bit I yeah mega i think let's, you peaked the levels that's let's right. talk about this uh the the theme the lens of this final episode which i'm guessing will likely be the lens of every final episode the whole uh, show for, of each let's season be real is about yes balance. Uh, is about balance yeah. it's about balance and maintaining a perfect balance like of of the world and the universe finding the center of the mass um and holding up all the elements together and that's what iroh tries to do iroh tries to do that but we'll talk more about that yeah we so, will i talk mean so more does Aang, Aang does that too let's before we i want you to help me understand balance a little bit more so like when you think of balance tell me about a time in your life when balance has been important to you i think for me the more I think about it are the times in my life where I haven't had balance. 
um, and how much I feel that in those moments. Uh, um, if I'm working too much, how much that drains or strains on the other facets of my life. Um, I, you know, or if I am uh, playing too much and not focusing enough on work, how much that that suffers um, and, and keeps me from being able to, to play the way that I want to. And so I think for me, uh, those moments of balance is what you search for. It's that moment when everything comes together and you feel like your life's really going well. And it's so much easier to pinpoint the negatives, but um, it's so much easier to kind of pinpoint when I'm not living a balanced life. And I see that, uh, you know, I work, I, I, for me, I've worked summer camp so much um, for the last 10 years, and there have been summers where it's felt like work, and there's been summers where it's felt like play. And I think that the balance when it feels like play is where the sweet spot is, because you are working hard, and because of that, it allows you to enjoy those moments. Uh, when it is super balanced but when it's heavy to one side then you lose the other yeah there's a, a push and pull yeah. a yin and yang twee a twee and, and la. la yeah one of my favorite books is called the alchemist uh yeah it's so good phenomenal hold read. that oil in the spoon yeah and so like that's the story that comes up it's uh the story of the oil in the spoon essentially uh man goes to visit this king and he's like hey what is the secret to happiness King says, well, I don't have time for this, uh, but do me a favor and hold this oil in this spoon and go walk around my beautiful castle. But he's, but don't spill it. And so this guy, really concerned, doesn't want to spill the king's oil. Is like walking around and like very concentrated on the oil and zero interested in anything around him. Goes back after an hour, talks to the king, and the king says, well, did you see my rose garden? Did you see the mountains in the distance? Did you see all these cool things in my castle? He's like, do it again, except this time make sure you see all the wonders of my castle. So he does, except this time he comes back and says, oh my god, let me tell you about all the cool things I saw, but what about the oil and the spoon? Turns out he had spilled the oil and the spoon. And so the secret to happiness, as the man says, is to appreciate the wonders and joys around you while also keeping the oil and the spoon. Um, that is a very paraphrased version of the story, but it is a phenomenal read just FYI but I thought that was worth bringing up because I think that's what you described yeah and I think that's exactly what it is right then I think Aang, Aang it's Aang has had this balance from the beginning and it sways back and forth and you see the angst that comes from when he's living too much into one side we do see we've that. seen the moments where he he plays and he overplays to ignore or put off the the heavy responsibilities that, that let's he has. go ride the elephant koi um, exactly i think that's a really good example of where he goes and rides the elephant koi um to avoid work um and we had the argument there is that just a way that he knows that to be able to get through this long journey that you've got to be able to stop and play every now and then or is he putting off really hard tasks that lay in front of him and then finally has to be redirected to those um but for for you in this episode uh, where were the moments of balance or lack of balance that really well a funny lack of balance was the fact that let's be real anytime you charge somebody you want to maintain your balance but instead because Han was so off balance Zhao only had to continue the momentum and throw him off well, so do you think he learned that from Aang 
Not like not learned it from Ooh, Aang, interesting. but like I didn't consider that. But like we saw that happen in the episode where he was at where Zhao was out of control and burned down his own ships. All Aang was wow. doing was sidestepping, and now we get this moment where That's a really generous Han is like runs at yeah. him and he sidesteps and Han falls to so and then in turn does Han learn a nice little lesson in self control and balance. Yeah, that's very generous. I think it's interesting because like it's a it's it's a metaphor. I think in general, Han like being like it's a metaphor for Sokka because I wonder if had he had more foundation and had. Uh, the relationship had more foundation for like for Sokka and Yue and all these things. It's just it, this whole idea of balance being metaphorical in terms of not only is it our personal balance that we need to maintain, but it's also important to have that that foundational support. Like if you don't have a foundation under you, the balance doesn't matter. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think that's just interesting. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's what came up for me. That was definitely the first thing that came over. Um, and I, I think one of the, the key things to pay attention to Jizu is the, like the whole idea of the spirit world and the fact that the whole point of what Aang is doing right now is he's searching for yin and yang. He is literally looking for balance. <laughs> yes. Um, Twi and La. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an interesting metaphor as well. Yeah, and that these things have existed since the beginning of time. And yeah. so, like, the moment you create one, you create the other. And and I've been reading Tao Te Ching recently, um, and I think that that's relevant because, one, I'm reading a book, and I don't do that a lot. And, two, I'm learning new things. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but in the book, it talks about once the creation of one creates the other, right? So, the moment that you deem something as, as tall, something in comparison has to be short. Uh, and the moment that you create something as... Uh, good something by comparison immediately becomes not good um, or evil and so it kind of talks about it, it is this creation of balance of and so the existence and non-existence and so you get um, the moon and the ocean and the way that they flow together in this and that balance has been created since the dawn of time um, which seems like it, it stems from a Taoist belief which yin and yang is and so um, what happens when you take away the moon uh and you burn it and so we get this moment well, it of, goes black and white and it goes black and white we get zero color because the moon is gone because it's not reflecting any light and that's how colors work i disagree and what a moment what a moment <laughs> iroh is there um and he is at this point given himself up as a protector of balance and not the fire nation not that he doesn't love the fire nation but that he clearly cares more about the balance well, like, of Earth. I think for him, the, it's what's the greater good oh, in yeah. this situation. The He's existence like, of all of us. He yeah. even says it like, it hurts the... You doing this is going to hurt the Fire Nation. Yeah. Um, and then we see him just really lay into four soldiers. Fire Nation soldiers. With, uh, with a snap of the fingers. Barely batting an eye. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Iroh is good. Yeah, at, I, I, at fighting, I, I, he can, he can, uh, and we've seen moments of this. Put some people away, but he is talented. Yeah, it was um, speedy work, and uh, so you get this moment where they take away the balance, and and then they got to get it back. Yeah, well, and it's interesting because I, I don't help me find the balance in this, right? And so I, I want to talk about Co. Yes, I was before we even talk about balance. Uh, arguably my favorite character in the entire Avatar 
Lord. universe. Yeah. yeah. I want so much more of Ko. I find that spirit so incredibly intriguing. Oh, man. Um, because I don't know that you can call Ko evil. Yeah. I don't feel like you can call Ko good. Well, here's another interesting fact. Like, I think that, like, I think Ko mentioned 800 years ago, one of the Avatars tried to slay Ko. Right. But you have to also realize that that's so many generations of the Avatar that have not tried to do so. Right? And so, there, he, he exists. It exists. They, it exists. They, they yeah, exist. I, would, I would say it. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah, like, Ko exists. Yeah. And this idea is is it just a part of the framework of like i don't love mosquitoes but they exist for a reason right right i like you know what i mean and oh so yeah i it's interesting yeah someone today was like gave me facts on a possum and i don't know why they decided to give me facts on a possum but they did and they talked about all the ways that they're super helpful to keeping bugs and ticks and things yeah. off of you and in their mouths and yet i still don't want to pass them around yeah, like i don't want to be anywhere I'm, near co like I'm, yeah i have zero interest being near co and what is the statement that's being tried to make of you can't show emotion it's interesting or i will steal your face or i will steal your face um and then again is that you know the symbolism behind that is that when you show emotion does that teach people how to respond or sh share in that emotion? Or is it by showing emotion that's a weakness and thus allows someone to have power over you? And I don't know what it's That's saying. interesting because like, I wonder because it's, there is risk because you're like 90% of our communication is through our body language. Correct. Right? But I don't think it's just our whole body. There is so much communication that happens just through our face and our facial expressions, our eyes, our... It's majority your face. It's the majority your yeah. face. Yeah. And so the... It's so interesting to think about, like, what would be what would be different if you didn't have a face? What does that change? And how does that affect... And that let's assume that you can still eat and breathe and do all of that jazz if without a face. Because like, but as a general rule, what does that make it so that you are then therefore incapable of doing? And is that something that Co feeds off of? Is he able to be more expressive and able to gain more and be more every time he takes a face? When he, when we see that in the face Correct. changes throughout the course of the deal, like his he's, when he's angry, he switches to. And angry, ultimately, face. so much more expressive, yeah, because of his ability to steal these faces. When he talks about, oh, it was because of this girl I stole, and he's trying to be seductive and enticing to Aang, and he changes his face for it, yeah, and he tries to scare Aang, and he changes his face for it, and so, or it changes his face, Ko changes Ko's face for it. Well, and it's funny, the only time he steals a face is when it shows an emotion. Right. And so it steals it, I believe, in the emotion that that face is feeling at the time. Which Likely. is why he's able to steal it. And this is all theoretical at this point. This is not a hypo hypothesis. This is a hypothesis at this point. Um, but I, I just think that there's just so much interesting stuff about Ko that it's not necessarily about balance but it's definitely interesting but i don't it's, it's almost like it stands on this perfect and i don't think that show not showing emotion is balance i agree but you can't teeter to joy 
or despair or these opposite emotions when talking to Ko. You have to stay if if you know if the emotional span is a gyroscope or something on your fingertips, like it has to be you have to be perfectly centered between all of those things. Yeah. To talk to Ko and survive. Yeah. Um and so it requires balance. Yeah. Um but also I think that's a dangerous sentiment that like not showing emotion is balance. I just I certainly dis- an extreme I disagree. Case. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think you lose your face when um you show emotion. I think I almost want to think of it and this might be my own personal spin on it, but I almost want to think of it as like by showing emotions, Co then is knows what those emotions are, is able to utilize those emotions and so um if we think of Co as more neutral than evil. Well, I think it's interesting because it's I don't think I think withholding your emotions is not healthy. However, I think in this moment, it's like the, the idea of expression versus experience, right? Yes. So I, you can express your emotions and that can be, there's like, there's a balance there. You can be destructive but, in the way that you express your uh, correct. emotions. But yeah. the way that in experiencing them, like that's not something you really have control over right right you have your your body reacts to things that are happening around you the things that are happening around you are outside of your control and therefore the feelings that you're experiencing are outside of your control the way you react to those feelings is theoretically within our control or at least more so in our control yeah right as long as we are aware of them and so Aang's very aware and he has he has to be in these moments right he loses it at one point he loses it luckily once right Ko was turned the other way terrifying yeah I want to see more Ko I want to see the the series that Ko gets like just just a minute in every episode to like give a monologue or I want like I want that show But, I want to see live action, Co. Ooh, yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. But if you all have a different take, if you're listening and you have a different take on Co and balance, and I, I'd be very interested in hearing it. I'm honestly very curious to learn more about this. So, yeah. Let's talk more about Co. Send us a voice memo, and you can send that to thearchivy at gmail.com. Yeah, I'm confident that Sunshine will want to talk about that for Oh my hours. gosh, yes. Yeah. Favorite character. Um... So let's talk about other moments of balance in sure. this episode. So Iroh is willing to put everything on, on blast to keep the balance of the universe, and he attacks Zhao. Yeah. Yep, yep, um, yep. Zhao is willing to lose the balance and risk that to, to kill the moon so that he can take over the water tribe. Yeah. Um, I think there was a lot of... Uh, I had a lot of realization of like karmic balance in a way and so what i mean by that is there's a lot of things that kind of um or at least maybe not a lot but several things that i felt came full circle here uh so with hey for instance god i and love so hey too had ang not gone through all the trouble to help that village and work through this hey spirit and like he would not have been helped and gotten out in time to escape from zuko Correct. And the trio would not have found Aang. Like, Appa, Sokka, and Katara would not have found Aang. And then Aang wouldn't have been and then Aang mega the, coy. And like, all these things wouldn't have happened. And I think there's a little bit of karmic balance here. Like, karma being a something that is coming up for me as I like watch this episode. Just because 
there were so many things that wouldn't have happened had other things not happened earlier. Um, and that's one example. Um, I, I think that Aang rescuing Zuko, right, uh, earlier in the, the series. The Blue Spirit. Like the Blue oh, So, yeah, Zuko rescuing Aang won, but also Aang, like, in a way, um, oh, what am I thinking of? Uh, when did he do it? Um, After Zuko gets shot in the Blue Spirit, yeah, Aang, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aang pulls him away. It's the same time. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. I was like, oh my god. But yeah, like, Aang rescuing Zuko, this, like, this whole thing wouldn't have happened, but then it wouldn't have gotten to the point where Zuko's fighting Zhao, and like this this whole it seemed like there's this whole like cosmic plan all kind of pinpointed and surrounded in this final episode and it's just really interesting i'm curious what like what are your thoughts on that well i think one of the moments for me uh, that speaks so yes right there is definitely cosmic energy of put good out into the world zuko has improved heavily with the work of iroh throughout all this iroh has stayed calm um, and level-headed and eventually has to do the opposite uh, in the moment yeah. like this. But we get these moments of small, subtle changes in characters throughout the course of the season that all culminate into this. Like, and what it, an incredible show. Mm-hmm. Like, and they all were wow. very, like, they're all very well placed. Like, each thing like had to happen yeah, to get to this the point. The through lines in this show are phenomenal. And I think, I, I don't know if I have an answer, Cosmic Karma, and then, like, yeah, more I mean, examples of well, that. Like I, 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 Another example is Yue. So, the, like, well, she so was... This is the question that brings up for me, okay. and other was, she has, she just, she knows she's got a connection to the moon. Mm -hmm. And so she sacrifices herself to bring balance back. And I think for me the question is, is it sacrifice though? And that's what. So that's, and it goes to the quote is like, or is it sacrifice or is it, like, what are you doing in this moment? Because um, it is, it's her life. So and it, so I think it is sacrifice. Um, and I think it's the moon gave her life, and now it's her turn to give her life back to the moon, which plays into that Twi and Law Yin and Yang, um, push and pull, but again like she had to make a really tough choice to sit there and be like yeah the balance of the world is worth more than my life it reminds me of like organ donors who i'm gonna donate you my kidney and then like it's now it's no longer my kidney right and most organ donors are not thinking that they're gonna die on the other side of that they know that that's a possibility right but ua knows she's going to die when she does this um and so do we have an obligation or to create a balance in our world by sometimes sacrificing our own self needs or boundaries that we've talked about previously and i don't know if i have an answer for that i think this is a really interesting situation I think that the, the good of the world, saving the universe, is different than I, like. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so like there are times like I generally do not think that martyrdom is the answer. Right. Right. I think that you need to protect your life and your experience and what is yours. Like we've talked a lot about boundaries on this show. So oh yeah, far, for right? sure. And um, I don't know that I would have faulted her had she not done it. You know. Oh yeah, that was her decision to make, and I'm glad I didn't have to make that decision. I, correct, I'm glad I didn't have to make that decision. I think, and like who, who knows what somebody else would have made if they were in her place, mm -hmm. right? What like a, 
I think that that's an impossible decision and she made it and that's really admirable well and I, that brings up a moment of balance for me too um, when you talk to her when Sokka talks to her dad at the end of the episode and dad says like I knew that this was coming and Sokka says you must be proud and he goes I, I am I'm proud and sad yeah and like I think that is a yes like but profoundly yes, devastated you, right oh absolutely but that's that balance like equal parts proud and you joked and about it last equal, episode and equal parts sad and that's what the her father was feeling in those moments which you could argue is balance right if you yeah. put that on the scale that's that's balance um well it's just and like, i didn't joke about her death you she totally joked Sokka blew it he didn't <laughs> no no it was her choice don't you put that on him Sokka was supposed to protect her he should feel boatloads of shame he should feel like an Avett Brothers song right now oh my god <laughs> you sound like Luke P <laughs> no no I, I don't think Sokka failed but and ultimately it wasn't his choice and I think that's um, that, that almost goes back to the affection episode uh, of this affection of like I have to protect her, I have to keep her from harming herself, and sometimes you, that's not your decision. Sometimes, if you love someone, you have to love them enough to let them go. Sure, if you want to go cliche, I'm arguably saying that like cliches are cliches for a reason. Sometimes it's not your decision. Like it's absolutely it's not like, his decision. And so like he doesn't get. Well, a I honestly on got that. I, like the I was re as I rewatched this, I actually got like a, like no no Sokka, that's not that's not you 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 get your hands off of her you let her go it's not your call it's not your call to make yeah. right because like just in all of the male dominated culture it's what it's really i gotta protect her yeah that makes me it made me really uncomfortable to watch that i like i totally understood why he did it and what he was feeling because i felt that before and i was uncomfortable and where is the balance of sometimes do you need to protect yeah the friends from doing self-destructive how do you handle that right where's that line and can you be protective and still be supportive and can you be protective and still be oh my god loving and kind and compassionate so, so there's uh i'm i'm gonna talk about a movie called midsummer and so if you haven't seen it and you would like to i would skip two minutes ahead or a minute and a half ahead and um, because I'm going to give some spoilers, but Ben Pruitt doesn't care about the spoilers because he's not watching a horror movie. Um, sure won't. But there's, in this culture where this movie takes place, it's a cult um, that, that uh, these people go to visit this Midsummer Festival, and spoilers, again, skip ahead, the 72-year-olds in this culture commit suicide um, voluntarily at the age of 72 um, because that is they feel like they've they, they view their life in seasons and that's a part of the culture um and they feel like they've done their part and it's time for them to pass and so they opt to commit suicide as opposed to growing weak and weary and painful and a burden on their society and um but a lot of people in americanized cultures which happens in the movie um are like how are you letting them do this how dare you and they have to get taught down into like this is they're like they're voluntarily doing this this is a honor in our culture um and so they they had to find that balance of like i'm trying to help this person i don't want them to die and this culture saying like no this is a part of what we're doing um 
spoilers for Midsummer over, but to me, it's kind of like, when do you have to step in to save someone, and when is it not your place to save them, even though you might be viewing what's going on um, as self-destructive, or, like, you could sit there and say, UA is giving her life, it's self-destructive, it's my job to save her, but she's recognized that in this moment that, like, I have to do this for the good of the universe, but it still would have been super easy for Sokka to have been like, no, I'm not you're not giving your life to this well, so how do we tell when we talk about like life for a life it really reminds me of this like eye for an eye this whole concept of um eye for an eye is something that we have grown out of as a punitive culture right um and it's not helpful it does not change behavior it's not something that um is truly effective when it comes to uh, upholding law because it's not the balance that we think it is correct yeah. but like that's my point though is when it comes to like uh, balance in the true sense of the word like it was a life for a life here it was a life for a life it was a you could argue it was a lot of lives for a life potentially but like in the like it, for the moon spirit and for ua it was a life for a life yep. ua had to end her life in order for the moon spirit to become alive again yeah in order for it to live again and so it's interesting for me because balance sometimes there is no like there's no mercy when it comes to balance it reminds me of full metal alchemist for those of you who are fans of the show of the idea of equivalent exchange right there there has just it just is it just is yeah there is no like i'm gonna weasel my way out of and pay with it for something else no you have to pay the price to get the the end goal the end result and i feel like that's how balance is painted here in a way like if you tip the scale it's going to come back and tip the other direction right yeah and so i just think that's really interesting to think about how sometimes balance is out of our hands and sometimes it's something we have control over when how would it had they not re-given the moon spirit life how would this scale tipped back later correct you know what I yeah mean? I, I don't and i don't know and i frankly i don't know if i want to know and we kind of see it before when mega koi shows up like the ocean you get a massive ocean spirit um powered by avatar state you know ang yeah and he rips those boats to shreds yeah um ultimately like a lot happens in this but i feel like in this episode but it's really just closing up the loose ends of yeah. uh, the story before it and you're getting a lot of the action sequence you get the the Zhao Zuko fight scene yeah um, well which I thought was really interesting because Zhao's final moment is when he loses balance mm-hmm. and then the ocean spirit is like gotcha and yep. then nabs him up but like Zuko he ends up like tripping and falling down lost his balance if you will yeah and then the ocean spirit grabs him which no mercy from the ocean spirit with Admiral Zhao. Well, at that, this point too, like, yeah, Aang is cartoon just ended that man's life. Yeah. <laughs> when there have been so many moments of this where like someone's fallen from a high, like, f- like from yep. uh, four story, and you're like, I don't know if they're dead or not, or a lot if they're still oh, alive. I'm confident to say that a lot of people died. I still think if the if they forgot to like the episode where uh, they helped the um, the Earthbenders off the ship and then sink the ship, if they got everybody out of like solitary confinement, I don't think they sunk the ship. That. What they did is they put the fire people, they put them overboard and didn't give them like a lifeboat. 
Yes. I can't swim. And they said, well, sucks for you. And then they, I hear cowards float. Yeah. Or whatever it is. So, but yeah, like they've hinted towards death, frankly, yeah. a lot. But like this episode, it was like, what? And I think that that's, we talked about it uh, kind of earlier today, even, and then you brought up Full Metal Alchemist again, is that like, it is, it's dark. There are dark moments in Full Metal Alchemist. Absolutely. And there are dark moments in Avatar. It is less dark, but they're there. But one cannot have light, in it, light without darkness. Be correct. You have to have balance. Um, but ultimately, this, this show wraps up really well, and, and then it, everything kind of falls with us getting Ozai and uh, Azula. Azula. Which I think is really Iroh is a traitor. Your brother is a failure. Whatever it was. That was exactly what it was. And yeah. then Azula's devilish, per- smirkish Perked up. Grin. Yeah. She's yeah. Like, great. And then uh, season two. Yeah, that's next. That is next. Anything more about balance you want to hit on this episode? Anything you want to talk about the rest of this season? I'm just continually impressed with this show. Every time I watch it, I find out something else that I like about it, and I re re love it. <laughs> I re fall in love. I find that uh, I find that this show grows on you every time you watch it, and I think that it's really cool that we're getting to do this. Absolutely, and I just. Here's my. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do as as the listener to this show. Get a friend into Avatar: The Last Airbender. Just get them to watch it. Absolutely. I don't. You can have them listen to this podcast afterwards, but they they don't have to. But just have them, you know, share the joy that is Avatar: The Last Air, Airbender with one another. Well, person. I just think people are better people when they're able to watch the show. And hopefully, if they're listening to this podcast, they become better because we're all working on things. That's the goal. Yeah, I'm not perfect. Sure not. So, you're, that's where you're supposed to say, "I neither am I." I'm, you're not just supposed to agree with me that I'm not perfect, and you're also supposed to be humble. Humility is really important. We should use that as a lens. Yeah, haven't we? Have we? I don't think so. Well, season two. We'll see. All right, y'all. Uh, we will be right back with us talking about balance through the lens of air. I love air. You should, you breathe it on the right, we'll be right back. talking about um, balance through the element of air and so ben what are you what's your charge this week what do you feel called to do based off of what we've talked about i feel called to get a tattoo of tweet and law and that's a side note uh for (laughs) you want some koi fish i want the koi fish um no but so i'm i've been thinking a lot about um breathing and I think that it's often something that I forget to do and not like you know but like intentional breathing but like intention yes correct so intentional breathing and um Brene Brown's done a lot of research and as have so many other people but she's kind of pulled this research together from multiple sources 
around how box breathing or tactical, uh, tactical breathing. breathing or whatever you want to call it and how beneficial that is for the body and how beneficial it is for the mind. Um, and that's the air component. But what that does is it, it, it brings you balance. It brings you back to center so that you can process things and be in the moment and be mindful. And I think that's what I'm feeling called to do on top of, you know, an agonizing several hours of getting needles pointed into me to get a tattoo. And just uh, you, which you will likely use some square breathing techniques for that. Oh, um, that's a good point. But yeah. uh, just so the listener knows, what is square breathing? What is tactful breathing? Yeah, so uh, the practice is essentially uh, you breathe in for on a count of four, you hold your breath for four, you breathe out on the count of four, and then you hold for a breath of four. And so that's why it's called box breathing, is that it's four equal counts. Um, and and Brene learned this from marines are from so from veterans yeah um but also went to talk to a lot of people like yoga instructors and things like that and so she's more of like the uh doesn't like the idea of mindfulness so much like is bought into it but like it feels very like flowery language and she was like cool 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 you'll talk about breathing as well what do you all do and she would do tactical breathing and she was like yeah tell me about that and it was the exact same thing <laughs> um uh and so just the different title depending on what you prefer honestly around titles yeah ultimately it's all the same thing yeah i think for me it's uh, this one's actually pretty simple i um we've been working on this for for a long time now and so i'm going to take a break from it from this podcast huh for like not a super long break because i really can't wait for season two and start recording that um but probably take a little bit of time just to not record for a week or two or three um and i'm, I'm and, okay with that and maybe not watch avatar uh, it's fantastic but uh see what else is out there <laughs> yeah like um, the dragon prince like it's the so good oh it is good i've already ah. i've seen it but yeah we should talk about that at i kind of want to rewatch it <laughs> it's good it's very good um but yeah, so I think for me sometimes it's just recognizing like, hey, I've been working really hard and I need to take a break. And so I'm going to do that. Um, and then I'm going to take a break from work in the next couple weeks and I'm going to go on a nice little vacation. I'm taking a very long break from work. Yeah. Let's take breaks from work. I'm going to go to Boston. If you're in Boston, you can hit me up. I'm going to be in New York. I'm going to be in Cape Cod for a little bit. And that is not with the salary from this show. Nope. <laughs> that is because Noah doesn't pay us enough. Speaking of which, you can help Pay fund us, us <laughs> to go on all these cool trips by contributing to our Patreon. Again, you can find that at patreon.com and look for The Archive. Yeah, uh, for, I mean, honestly, just after the first season, I just want to say thanks. Uh, thanks to the listeners. Thanks uh, to you, Ben, uh, for being here along this journey. Uh, thanks to Noah from The Archive for putting this show uh, up on the website. And, and then also for all the work that he does for editing episodes. Um, and what so, a dude. And so thanks to everyone, really, this show. Um, a lot of people helping out. W it would be much worse if it was just me doing it. And so um, thanks to all for listening, and uh, we hope that you've enjoyed it. You want to give any thanks? Want to give uh, any show any gratitude to anyone? Yeah, I want to thank my mom. Uh, she's always been really supportive of me. Uh, I really appreciate her. I really want to appreciate all my teachers who have guided me throughout my life uh and then i really want to thank you know the why for giving me a really cool opportunity to learn and grow through my work and then all the books that we've read to oh help. my gosh Brene brown yo Brene <laughs> brown 
thank you. Come be on season two. God, <laughs> man. Come watch Avatar with us, Brene, and then we'll I know watch, you'd love it. And then we'll talk about all these things. Yeah. Well, cool, cool, also, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, well, this has been season one of Benny Not Breaking, and I'm Sunshine Mayfield. And I'm Ben Pruitt. And thank you so much for listening. Season two should be out in the fall, and so look for that. Look for it. Bye. Bye. Bye.